You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Right now, many of us are just thinking about surviving, trying to get by, living one day at a time. We are tired, worn out, and stuck. But what if God called us to more? What if God wants us to thrive in the midst of the chaos? Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Are you tired of just surviving? Tired of going through the motions? Are you ready to grow like never before? It's time to thrive. If I'm being honest, my school career is probably best described as a roller coaster ride. There's some ups and downs, some thrills, some twists and turns, some excitement some fear. It was a wild ride. I remember when I was really young, kindergarten, first and second grade, I loved school. I mean, it was one of my favorite things. I was just so excited to be there and to learn. But somewhere along the way, I lost that enthusiasm, that good attitude that I had towards school. I distinctly remember the first time that I forgot to do my homework. I was so embarrassed to tell the teacher. In fact, I was so embarrassed that I lied to them. I told them my dog ate my homework. Seriously, that's what I said. My dog ate my homework. And of course they didn't believe me. They called my parents, I got in trouble. It was a complete mess. But that was just the beginning for me. I remember the next couple of years I changed schools a couple of times and it had nothing to do with lying to my teachers or not doing my homework, but it was just life circumstances where I ended up being at a different school for fourth grade and then another one for fifth grade. And it was tough. It's always difficult when you're the new person trying to find your place where you fit in, where you belong. Middle school for me, like so many of you, was kind of a mess. I made some lifelong friendships, but Those were tough years and high school never really clicked for me. I was a C student in all the advanced classes. I completely drove my teachers crazy and I couldn't wait to get out. I pushed so hard to to get out of school that I graduated a semester early. And what that meant was that I missed out on a lot of the typical things you experience as a senior in high school. I ended up at a small Christian college in my hometown, mostly because I had a little bit of scholarship there and it was comfortable and easy for me. And I really enjoyed my time there and I made some good friends and met my wife while I was there and found a a career that I love, but I was not exactly a model student. My educational career was a complete roller coaster ride. And I never really felt some of the pressures to succeed academically that a lot of people do, but there were other pressures that you face being a student. You wanna fit in, you wanna make the team, you wanna exceed at certain activities, and you really just want to find your place and be accepted. And that can be really challenging when you're growing and changing and developing as a young person and as a student. A lot of people feel anxiety around school because of the pressures and the expectations put on them by other people. Maybe their parents are really pushing you to get good grades and and to be all that you can be and get all these A's in your classes. Or your teachers have these really stringent deadlines that you're trying to meet and you just can't seem to keep up. Or maybe the pressure doesn't come from other people, but it comes from yourself. 
you want to, to be getting all these A's in classes and top of your class and you want to succeed because you know that if you get the right grades and you make the captain of the team and you get into the right college, that it sets out a trajectory for your life that you really want for yourself. Or maybe you feel social pressure. You just want to fit in and be accepted. And that's so difficult when you're young to try to do. And this doesn't even begin to account for the unique situation that many students find themselves in today where their learning environment is completely different than what they'd expected. Uh, virtual learning is difficult for a lot of families and some families it's really put a strain on them. And, and other kids, uh, some of you are in hybrid situations where you're on campus one day and the next day you're at home and you never know if your friends are gonna be around or who's gonna be there or what your schedule is gonna be like. And it's really challenging to try to keep up with the pace of being in elementary school, middle school, high school with you have that kind of an environment and those kind of pressures on you. I read an article about the current educational situation and it said this, it's a quote from Matthew Beal, who's the chief of child and adolescent psychiatry at Georgetown University School of Medicine. He said, the strain on kids is enormous. And I think that's so true. Right now, it is so difficult to be a kid and try to be in school. The article goes on to say that school-aged children are losing their interest in food, they're complaining about back pain and burning eyes, are developing feelings of depression. It's so tough for families to keep their kids engaged online and for students to feel emotionally healthy. With all of this stress and anxiety and pressure, how in the world are you supposed to thrive, to enjoy and get the most out of your time in school? Well, I think if we're gonna thrive in school, it's gonna require us to change our focus and to shift our expectations. Today, we're gonna to look at Proverbs chapter one, verses one through nine. And this is the introduction to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book of ancient Hebrew wisdom that's from the Old Testament. And it centers around what it looks like to live a God-honoring, wise life. Listen to the words of Proverbs chapter one. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to learn wisdom and moral instruction, to discern wise counsel, to receive moral instruction and skillful living with righteousness, justice, and equity to impart shrewdness to the morally naive, a discerning plan to a young person. Let the wise also hear and gain instruction and let the discerning acquire guidance, to discern a meaning of a proverb and a parable, the sayings of the wise and their riddles. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of discernment, but fools have despised wisdom and moral instruction. Listen, my child, to the instruction from your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother for they will be like an elegant garland around your head and like pendants around your neck. I love the way this book opens. It tells us that one of the things we should pursue in life is to learn wisdom and moral instruction. See, when you're in school, there's a lot of pressure on you to, to get information, cognitive knowledge. But the book of Proverbs says that it's not, important, not as important to just pursue cognitive knowledge and understanding information as it is to get experiential knowledge, wisdom, learning how to, to live well. When I think about wisdom, I think about my Aunt Nat, uh, my grandmother's sister. We called her Aunt Nat. And she was just such an amazing woman. I used to love going and spending time at her house around holidays and, and for different family events. But when I was there, I would get up in the morning with her very early in the morning and she would go and prepare food for the day and, and get ready for the day. And she would just talk with me. And she always had these amazing nuggets of, of wisdom and insight, life experience to share with me. But it wasn't just the things she was saying, it was the things she was doing, the way she carried herself and the way she managed her life. It was really valuable to me. In the book of Proverbs, the, the noun wisdom can be thought of as nuanced moral skill. It refers to a skill that produces, produces something of value. 
Uh, it's used in reference to the skill of like a person who works at sea on a boat or the abilities of a weaver who makes fabric or the capabilities of administrators who are really good at business decisions or the skills of a craftsperson who's making things with their hands and doing something amazing. It's also used in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 6 to refer to the laws given by God. They're called Israel's wisdom. And I think too often when we're learning, when we're growing in our school careers and our academic type careers, uh, we feel a lot of pressure to acquire knowledge, but we can't mistake knowledge for wisdom. Don't settle for just information. Don't settle for just knowledge. You need to learn wisdom. So what skills do you need to learn if you're going to learn wisdom? Well, wisdom is, first off, doing what is right. In verse three, it says this, receive moral instruction in skillful living with righteousness, justice, and equity. See, knowledge and information can be very self-serving. A lot of us pursue knowledge because we wanna better ourselves and get the most for ourselves out of life. But wisdom is not about making our lives better. It's about doing what is right. It's about serving other people. See, following rules can still allow you to mistreat people. We see all the time people who abuse the rules and the system uh, to only take care of themselves. But God has never been concerned about just our actions and our ability to follow rules. God has always been concerned about the state of our hearts. And this is a central idea to the book of Proverbs. But it's not just in the book of Proverbs, it's contained all throughout the scriptures. When you look at Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking constantly about not just following the letter of the law, but following the intent of the law and letting God change us and guide us. Following Jesus was never about following rules. In his book on the Sermon on the Mount called What If Jesus Was Serious, Sky Jathani compares rules to guardrails on a road. He said, guardrails are never enough. Jesus isn't merely interested in good behavior. He wants us to be good people. A person with excellent driving skills and complete control over a car does not need guardrails. See, God honoring wisdom is about developing righteousness, justice, and equity in how we treat other people. It's not just about knowing the right stuff, it's about knowing how to treat others well. But wisdom is also good decision-making. If you look at verse four, it says that the book of Proverbs offers us shrewdness to the morally naive and a discerning plan to a young person. I love this, shrewdness and discernment. I would summarize those as good judgment. See, God-honoring wisdom is about making good decisions. Um, for most of us, our time in school is not exactly described as good judgment or good decision-making, right? Our, our time in school is usually an exercise in making bad decisions and having poor judgment. But being young and being in school should provide us a safe environment to cultivate good decision-making skills. You need to, while you're in school, try new things, take on more responsibility, learn from your mistakes, and grow in your decision-making. Unfortunately, too often the role models of good decision-making who are elevated by our culture are people who make decisions that actively mistreat other people. Remember, this is not wisdom. God-honoring wisdom does what is right and makes good decisions. Also, wisdom is about understanding. If you look at verse 6, it says that growing in wisdom means we learn to discern the meaning of a proverb and a parable the sayings of the wise and their riddles. See, wisdom is knowing how to process information, not just how to acquire it. I like to think of this as learning how to learn, not just learning what to learn. 
And, and to be a person who has understanding, you need to understand yourself, which requires a lot of self-examination. But you also need to understand others, which requires a lot of listening. See, God-honoring wisdom does what is right and makes good decisions and seeks understanding. Well, if that's our definition of wisdom, how in the world are you supposed to gain wisdom, to learn wisdom from school? It's not like you can just go sign up for a Wisdom 101 class your freshman year of college or take the wisdom elective when you're entering high school. Most of us don't have as many opportunities to seek wisdom unless we really seek those opportunities out. So how can you make the most of your time at school and really learn wisdom? Well, you learn wisdom through relationships. To learn wisdom and moral instruction, to discern wise counsel, to receive moral instruction and skillful living with righteousness, justice, and equity. That's verses two and three of Proverbs chapter one. I love what it says there, that we receive moral instruction and skillful living. Wisdom isn't something you gain on your own. It is something that is brought to you by being around wise people. So you need to ask yourself, who has modeled wisdom for you? Who do you know that consistently does the right thing and treats people well? Who do you know that has good judgment and always seems to be making the right decision even when it's tricky to know what the right thing to do is? Who do you know that understands themselves and others really well? Who do you know that is skilled at navigating all the ups and downs of life because you can't avoid the ups and downs of life? We need wise people in our lives who can mentor us, who can guide us along the way. I remember when I was in high school, I had this teacher that I loved, Mr. Hawkins. I had him for my sophomore year and my junior year of high school. And I just really enjoyed his classes. And after his classes were over and I was a senior in high school, I felt really comfortable with him. So comfortable that I decided one day I was gonna call him by his first name. Now, if I'd done this like in the privacy of a one-on-one -on -one conversation, it probably wouldn't have been a huge deal because I was almost an adult. But instead I chose to do this in a gym full of other students, mostly freshmen and sophomores who hadn't taken his classes yet. As you can imagine, Mr. Hawkins, Mel, was mad. I remember having to go to him the next day and apologize for my behavior. And we had this conversation where there was back and forth and give and take about what he felt out of the encounter and what I intended out of the encounter. And in that moment, I learned not only some life skills, but I also learned to not take your mentors for granted because the people who put value into your life and pour into you, you need to take them and really cherish them and have gratitude for having them in your life. So we need to learn and wisdom from our relationships. But we also need to learn wisdom specifically in the relationships in our family. And I'm gonna to talk to the parents here for just a minute because when I read verse eight of Proverbs chapter one, listen my child to the instruction of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. It's easy for me as a parent to be like, yes, go get them Solomon, this is exactly right. I want my kids to listen to me. I hate it when my kids question my instructions. But I, I need to take a step back and you do too parents and, and really listen to the heart of this section because the type of instruction the type of teaching that Solomon assumes that you can get from your family is that in wisdom. Treating others well, doing what is right, making good decisions, understanding and listening to those around you. And I think too often as parents, and I'm guilty of this as well, 
We demand obedience without offering an environment for our kids to learn and to grow and to increase in their responsibility and to become wise people. Now kids, if, if you're in an environment or adolescents, teenagers, if you're in an environment where wisdom isn't being modeled for you, then maybe you have to set the pace by asking for opportunities to make better decisions and asking for the hows and the whys behind why things are done and to seek out wisdom from those relationships. But it's also important to have people outside of your family pouring into you because we learn wisdom from our relationships, both in the family and outside of the family. So how can you thrive in school? Well, you can find a mentor who will help you grow, a teacher, a coach, an older student, a small group leader from church. And it's important that you don't idolize this mentor, but instead you let them model for you what it looks like to do the right thing, to make good decisions, to be understanding. And you need to be able to ask them questions. Ask them lots of questions and listen very deeply to what they're doing and saying. And take feedback when it comes from trusted mentors. As we think about what it looks like to live this out, you wanna have some next steps. Even if you're not in school with a parent or guardian or loved one or someone who is in school, we can all benefit from seeking out and learning wisdom. So I would challenge you this week to identify an area in your life where you need to increase in your wisdom and ask God to help you become more wise in this aspect of your life. Look for someone to mentor you in this area and commit to not just gaining information, but to pursuing wisdom through that relationship. Also this week, I would encourage you to find a creative way to thank someone who has modeled wisdom for you or been a mentor to you. Be intentional and have meaning conversations with your mentors, with your friends, and your family this week. 